everybody. Y'all ready for a great day or what? I hope so. I know I am great to see every one of you. We've got some wonderful guests. Everybody who is here is wonderful and amazing, but we've got some guests that I think travel the furthest for sure uh, from both Tokyo and Afghanistan to be with us today. And that's Tyler and Audrey. Where are you guys at? You guys mind standing up for me? You guys mean be mad at me standing up? Good to see y'all. Both of these amazing individuals are a part of our armed forces and pilots and have been watching and been a part of Shoreline City as they are uh, deployed and they are with us today. So, so thankful to have you guys with us and thank you for all you do uh, for our country. I so appreciate that. Then we got James, I think from, uh, oh, not James, who's from, De who's from Denver? Who's from Denver? James, you're from Denver, right? You're from Denver. Why don't you stand up too, my friend? We got James here from Denver hanging out with us. So everybody who is with us online, if you ever want to jump in the room, you're free to do that, just so you know. And then you can go right back to online because we're all one big uh, family. I'm really excited about today and all that God has in store. If you are with us for the first time, even if I didn't have you stand, you need to know we love you so much. And we're so for you. We're so on your side. Yeah, you can clap for our first time guests for sure. You need to know we care about you already. You need to know we prayed for you. If your seat feels a little hot, it's because somebody prayed for it. And if you're at home in your kitchen or wherever you may be right now around the world, we know that God's love for you is absolutely amazing and we're so honored we have the opportunity uh, to connect with you today. We have a creed that we do here every week. This creed gives you a snapshot of what we believe, what we're about as a church. Uh, every church has a, a culture, every church has a flow, every church has a direction. And this creed will give you a snapshot of our direction, our flow, what's important to us. So on the count of three, we actually all will say this together. We're going to put it on the screen for you so you can follow along. Ready? One, two, three. I am loved by God. I cannot earn it. I cannot lose it. In Christ, I am forgiven and made brand new. I live with passion and purpose. I am empowered by the Spirit to be the church in the world and to live for the glory of God. Yes, indeed. Hey, we got all of our campuses tuning in as well. North, Antigua, everybody online. You can clap for all those folks too. We're, we're clapping a whole bunch today. Everyone who's a college graduate, no matter where you are around the world, or a high school graduate, want to celebrate you. You made it. Great job. That senioritis is a real thing. It's a real thing. And I'm so, so glad you finished. Uh, we've been in a, a little series these last couple weeks. My beautiful wife started this series, and I'm so glad that she did. Basically, whatever Onika does, I just try to let's jump on it. You know, I'm just like, let's do this thing. I'm going I'm to follow right along with what she did. And we started in John chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, you can open up there with me. John chapter 15. If you didn't bring your Bible, we're going to put the scriptures on the screen so you can follow along with us. John chapter 15, uh, we're going to start reading in verse number 4. And the scripture reads, this is Jesus speaking here. He says, remain in me. Everybody say remain. remain. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit. Unless you remain in me. There's the word again. Verse number five. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you, what's the word? If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, 
You are like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Uh, if you uh, were with us last week or you tuned in online or you could even go back if you're watching this on demand, you, you remember we were talking about say no to pot, right? You're, some of you might remember this. And uh, the idea behind being potted versus being planted. And um, we looked at bonsai trees and we looked at palm trees. We even looked at redwood trees. Remember we talked about the root touch and the intertwining that happens there. But this word remain is an important word. Biblically, this word means to be left after others have withdrawn. To rest or, or abide in the same place with others are removed. When, when someone's lost, destroyed, or taken away, you, you still remain. And this last year, uh, 2020, was trying to uproot a lot of us, trying to knock a lot of us off course. As a matter of fact, I keep hearing week in and week out that it's somebody's first time, you know, back to campus or somebody's first time tuning in online because a lot of us just kind of, we had our, our feet taken out from underneath us. And, and I, I want to I wanna dig into this a little bit here because this idea of remain, I think, really, really matters to your spiritual health. Uh, it really, really matters to you becoming who God has called you to be. We don't think that you're just an accident. We don't think that you're just here to exist. We actually believe that God made you on purpose. We actually believe that there's a purpose and a destiny on your life. We actually believe that he's for you. We actually believe that God has been orchestrating your entire life, even to bring you to this moment so he can grab a hold of your life and propel you forward into the future and the destiny that he has for you. We believe God is on your side. We don't think he's actually mad at you. We think he wants to pull the greatness and the destiny out of you. We think that greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. We actually believe... All of this. We also know we have an enemy. The, the Bible is clear on this enemy. And, and, and some folks think, man, this is a little bit weird, this whole enemy thing. But, but Jesus didn't think it was weird. Jesus, over and over again, he was, matter of fact, the Bible tells us he came to destroy the works of the devil. I want you to read this verse of scripture with me. Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter 6. And don't think us having an enemy is all that crazy because, look, I got a bunch of verses today. We'll see, we'll see how many we get through. We'll see. Look at this. Um, you know this world is jacked up. Okay, right? We all know this, right? If you don't know that, I don't know where you're living. Okay, it's like... Turn on the news, there's something crazy going on all the time, and now this 24-hour news cycle is just telling us basically every bad thing that's happening anywhere in the world, and we don't even get all the bad news. There's actually more of it, which is terrible. It's just going on and on and on, individuals being sex trafficked, wars, there's poverty, there's a lot of weights that are on a lot of people. I, I want to read this verse of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil 
in the heavenly realms. I want to bring your attention to verse 11 for just a second. He says, uh, take your ground. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 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 If you're uh, in America right now, you probably know that the NBA playoffs are, are happening uh, at this point in time. The Dallas Mavericks, who are where we're from, that's where they're in the playoffs. They actually just beat the Los Angeles Clippers. Poor Los Angeles Clippers. Dear God Almighty. If you don't know who I'm talking about, you can Google Los Angeles Clippers if you're in Europe and you just begin to weep uncontrollably. It's a very, very disappointing franchise. <laughs> Worth a lot of money. <laughs> But man, it's disappointing. I, uh, uh, but, but whenever you're, you're playing any sports, uh, before they get out on the field or before they take the court, uh, the, the coach actually has usually a whiteboard and, and he says on, not a white boy, board, uh, he has a whiteboard. Some of you are like, did he just say whiteboard? No, board. And on that board, the coach will write out, he or she will write out, he, here's here are our plays. Here's our scheme. This is how we're going to try to defeat our opponent. And they're saying if we're playing against X player, this is how we're going to defend that player. That player can shoot. So what we want to do is want to put two players around him or her. That player is fast, so we want to do, we want to do this to slow them down. They'll, they'll have this board, and they'll write everything out. The scripture here is teaching us that the, that the enemy has, has schemes. That when, when he's looking at humanity, God's most prized possession, the enemy has a whiteboard with his imps. You can read C.S. Lewis's book, Screwtape Letters, to get a look-see into behind the scenes. It's not from the Bible, but just some great storytelling on what might be going on to try to get your life derailed. There's a scheme, and, and the scheme, a lot of pieces that are in it are, are you being uprooted? Are you being discouraged and you being isolated? I just want to talk about the scheme for just a second. Because you and I are going about our lives just kind of looking for another job or looking for another man or looking for another woman, uh, looking for even a date. Forget not another one. Just give me one. Uh, I just want somebody to say I'm pretty, okay? He doesn't even have to have teeth. Just wink at me, whistle. I don't even care. <laughs> and if you're a man in here and don't have any teeth, just you know you're welcome, okay? We, lo we love you. Everybody's welcome here. But you're hoping and praying that you're just, your life will get better. But as you're going about your life, I need you to understand, I want to understand this, that there is a scheme that the enemy has on your life. And this idea of uprooting and discouraging and isolating you, you got to understand that these are some of the ploys of the enemy. And if 2020 didn't do anything to some of us, it did this to a lot of us. It uprooted us, it discouraged us, and it isolated us. Now, we know that God can work in the midst of all of that. We believe that God is greater and more powerful, but I just, I just feel like some of us have maybe fallen back into and rested into a spot that we think is centered on Jesus, but it's actually from a whiteboard on the enemy trying to work to scheme to destroy your life. 
And he's trying to uproot you, trying to discourage you, trying to isolate you. And you think, oh, it's just my, my new season. I don't think it's your new season. I think it's an old strategy. I, I, I don't think this is a new season for you. I think the enemy has a scheme to try to destroy your life. And he'll play the long game. Man, we just had a baby, so it's kind of, you know, it's just tough right now. We just got married, so it's just kind of tough right now. I got, I, got a, I got a new job, so I just got to focus in there. And this, I, I think babies come from God. I think marriages come from God. I think new jobs come from God. I think all of these things are blessings from God. But I have seen plenty of people take the very blessing of God, turn that thing into an idol, and that enemy use that thing to uproot, discourage, or isolate an individual. And then when all, you know what, hits the fan, they're sitting around wondering, what the heck happened to my life? I didn't even tell you my title for today's message. Some of y'all are like, what's the title? Uh, it's not nearly as sexy as last week's, but this one is I'm home now. 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 I was working on this message. It just felt like God was speaking this to my heart. I was working on it even a couple weeks ago. Just, I'm home now. I'm home now. I'm home now. I'm home now. Some of us have been uprooted. I'm just, I'm home now. Remain, remain, remain. I'm home now. Let your soul be settled. I'm home now. I'm home now. You don't have to be so anxious. You don't have to be so tight-fisted. You don't have to be so angry. I'm I'm home now. I'm home now. Oh, when uh, you ever been in the hospital, it's it's like need to stay in the hospital. A terrible experience. Okay, I want to say thank you to every nurse and every doctor. Appreciate y'all, but it's terrible. You can't sleep in the hospital. Beep, 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 beep. You, you start getting into that sleep, you're like, okay, okay. Somebody comes in, okay, let me take your temperature, let me. The second you're about to get to that good place of sleep, I appreciate it because they're trying to make sure we're still breathing. So, I, I, again, nurses, doctors, thank you so, so much, but, but you can't really rest in the hospital. But matter of fact, if you're in the hospital long enough, the only thing you want, you just want your own bed. Just give me my bed. God, just... Now, get me out of here. Give me my bed. Give me an opportunity. I don't, care. I don't have to have a nice bed. I can hate my bed, but it's my bed. I get, get me home immediately. This is one of the difficulties that COVID ha that, that, that uh, happened with so many people because they had to get stuck in hospitals for so long, and they didn't even have any community or anybody around them, but you just can't wait. You cannot wait to get home. I just feel like that's a, it's a cry. This is a lot of people's hearts. With everything that's going on in the world, it's like, where do I fit? Where do I go? Where do I belong? I just wish there was a place. 
I could be home. There's so much anxiety. I mean, you feel it in the air. There's, there's so, so many of us are so tight, so tightly wound, but you just want to breathe. I was, I was thinking about going all the way to the book of Genesis uh, when uh, Adam uh, first sees Eve. Uh, it's in Genesis chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. I won't read all of it right now. It reminds me uh, of when I saw my wife on our wedding day, honestly, because uh, God presents. Thank you. That's points for me right there, honey. <laughs> You're welcome. So, so you can put the scriptures on the screen, too, if you want to. But, uh, but uh, uh, you know, Adam's put to sleep, and uh, God then pulls out a rib and, and builds a woman, and, and so now she's there. Then she, you know, brings Adam and Eve and brings them together, and then Adam, he busts out in song. He's like Bruno Mars right, right there in the first tube. He's like, oh, my gosh, Versace is on the floor right now. I see... Look at this woman, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, dang Gina. I mean, he's just, he's just writing. Oh my goodness, I never knew it. Never, man, that's not a hippopotamus, that's not an elephant. That's woman, that's woman, that's woman, that's woman. He's just feeling like, ah, yes, yes, I, I'm so excited. But if you go to Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18, after Adam has been naming everything, uh, God is like, hey, hey, there's no helper suitable for him. And it's not good for man to be alone. And I don't have time to get into the word helper because helper does not mean what we think it means. Helper is actually a word that God uses for himself. It's actually a very powerful word. I don't have time to get into that right here. So women, you were not designed to be some subservient, quiet thing that sits over in the corner. You were designed to be a warrior and a strength and to partner with man to make it on earth as it is in heaven. But I don't have time to preach that right now. But it's important. That's important because some of you are like, help her? Who are you going to help her? It's like, okay, okay. It's a powerful word. But it's not good for this man to be alone. He's not going to be able to accomplish what he's supposed to accomplish if he's alone. Now, the crazy thing is he had God. Come on, y'all. He had God. Some of us like to say, I don't need anybody. I just need God. Well, God looked at humanity and said, you have me, but it's not good that you're alone. This doesn't mean you have to be married, because Jesus wasn't. But he did have disciples and some people around him. So you can't. You and I will not be able to fulfill the call of God on our lives, be who God has called us to be, step fully into the destiny he has for us if you and I choose to be uprooted, discouraged, or isolated. If you and I think we can do anything that God has called us to do all by ourselves, we are missing it. We are missing it. We are missing it. It's not good that man would be alone. It's not good that woman would be alone. Let me put these folks together. Let me help them. Now, I like God. I appreciate him doing this. I appreciate it because, again, we get so spiritual all the time. We just think, I just need Jesus. I just need Jesus. And, yes, you totally just need Jesus for salvation. You do. You don't need anybody else. You don't need me. 
Jesus is enough. He's enough to make sure every sin, every bit of shame, every bit of darkness is taken off your life. He is fully sufficient. Everything that Christ did on the cross and his death, his burial, and his resurrection is fully sufficient for you and I to have a right relationship with God. But you and I were not called to get this right relationship with God, then go hide out in some corner somewhere. You and I are now designed to be with each other so that we can step forward and be who God has called us to be. We've been called to have dominion together. So it's like God is saying to Adam, Adam, I know you have me, but I want to I wanna give you another body that'll even be a bridge to me. It's like, I, I want to connect you with somebody else. I want to connect her with you and you with her. And as I connect the two of you together, this will help you believe because some people, it's hard for them to really believe in God unless they see God. It's hard for them to, to wrap their brains around, wait, you love me, unconditional love, yeah, right, until they meet someone who was a representative of heaven. And they interact with that person, that, and then they're like, hmm, I've never felt love like this before. I've never felt like someone would be for me and not trying to take something from me. I've never, I've never heard anyone just encouraging me, pouring life into me just because of who I am, not because of what I can do for them. So if you meet the right body, the right person, that individual can open up your eyes to who God actually is. And that is not a small amount of faith. That's a powerful faith can be birthed in that moment. So here, uh, go with me to John chapter 20 real quick. John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Let me, let me talk about body for just a second. Uh, John chapter 20, verse uh, 24. Verse 24. Uh, verse, yeah, verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Diddy, <laughs> one of the twelve... That literally just came to me, okay? Uh, was not planned. That joke was not planned. One of the 12 <laughs> was not with the disciples. Watch this. Was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. He's alive. Like he died, but he's alive. But Thomas said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I want to pause for just a second here. Is he asking too much? I don't think so. Now, we know the story. Thomas does not know the story. So he's sitting there with his Disciple with, the, with, with his brothers, and they're like, hey, you saw him beaten, bloodied, killed, murdered. He's alive. Quit playing. <laughs> Thomas, we're not, lying with, we're not lying, man. Quit playing. I'm telling you, he's alive. We all saw him. Listen, 
I'm not going to believe that a guy that I saw died is now walking around. Y'all, that does not happen. This is not too out there. I know Thomas got a bad rap. He's like doubting Thomas. What? That's so terrible. He like makes like one mistake in his life. He's like known for it for the rest of his life. And it's like a mistake all of us would make. It's not even a mistake. It's like, no, it's common sense. He died. I was at the funeral. And you're like, he's walking around eating chicken. I'm telling you, he's not. So they are all still hanging out. And Thomas, they keep telling Thomas he's alive. You would think Jesus would show right up. He doesn't. Look at the text. It says, one week later. For a week, <laughs> these guys are walking around, <laughs> going to the temple, going to the club. I don't know where they're going. They're going to hang out. And Thomas is crying. They're like, bro, stop crying, man. He's alive. It's like, no, he's not. He's dead. I mean, it's a week of, like, misery and pain. And they're like, okay, okay, just for Thomas, we're not, even, we're not even dealing with you anymore. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. This time as Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, now this is dramatic, Jesus. Though the doors were locked, <laughs> Jesus just came and stood among them. <laughs> Open the door, Jesus. So, <laughs> and Jesus says, peace be with you. I mean, it just seems like lots of music in this moment, right? Like smoke coming up behind him. Peace be with you. But then he said to Thomas, Touch my body. Come on. T -t Touch my body. Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas is like, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus goes on to say, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen, but they still believe. He had to touch the body. In order for him to believe, the difficulty in our day and age is a lot of people have touched the body of Christ. And it's the reason they don't believe. They interacted with the body. And because of their interaction with the body, they're like, oh, no. Not interested. So you walk up and you're like, hey, you want to come to church with me? They're like, <laughs> church, already done it. Already been there. Already met them. And they're all hypocrites. They're all fake. They're all, you know, you kind of lump people together. And you and I now being the body of Christ, being his representatives, we now have to deal with some of the residual impact of when somebody met the body and didn't go according to plan. Thomas touches the body and believes. Other people touch the body and they don't believe. Go with me to Luke chapter 2. Uh, I won't read all these verses here so I can get you all uh, out, out on time. Uh, Luke chapter 2, 
uh, verse, verse number 42, uh, it starts off, this is something that's hopeful for every parent, okay? If you're not a parent yet and you want to be one day, it's a great passage of Scripture because Jesus' parents lose them. Mary, you got like one job, Mary. Like, it's the Savior, right? We need him. We need, we need the Savior. Like, if we don't have him, Mary and Joseph, we're all screwed. So we need you. Keep him alive until it's time for him to die. But keep him alive until it's time. Don't lose the Savior. You can read it later. <laughs> they all go to Jerusalem. <laughs> then they leave Jerusalem they don't even account for Jesus, I guess, when they all start getting in the minivan. They don't, they, don't even, they don't even look for him. They don't even look for him. They are a day's journey away, and then they're like, where the? Mary, you seen Jesus? I thought you had Jesus. He's 12 years old, okay? 12 years old. They go back. To Jerusalem. They're looking for their son frantically. The Bible says three days later. You heard me, right? Three days later. We've lost our kids in like the mall for like 30 seconds. You know, they kind of went and got underneath one of the little coat racks there and they're kind of hiding, thinking it's funny. And you're like, you ever do that again? I'm gonna whoop you behind in public because I need to see you the whole time because there's some crazy people out here. 30 seconds, I'm like, Parker! Parker! Don't do it to me, Parker! You know, I'm, I've seen too many movies, so I'm like feeling this deep, and he's like. I don't know to cry or slap him or something, right? Three days later, they find Jesus. He's at church. <laughs> He's at church. Asking questions, talking to people. <laughs> they walk in, they're like, uh. You just going to sit there, Jesus? You just going to sit there and act like. And he says, wait, why were you? Verse 49. Why were you searching all around? From me. Didn't you know? I had to be in my father's house. Like you, you didn't have to wonder where I would be. You were gonna find me in my father's house. Like you were gonna find me with the people of God, talking about the things of God celebrating the glory of God, that, that's where you're going to find me. I had to be in my father's house. Oh, with my boxing gloves. Park, oh, there's Parker right here in the front row. Thank you, Parker. Yeah, put, put them on for me, Parker. Help me out. Help me out. Thank you. Here you go. Yeah, that's a hand right there. Let's go, man. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Good job. Give me my other one, too. Good job. Parker's getting a haircut this week. Uh, his fate, his fate is not tight right now. I reckon. Wait, no, no. Keep, keep pushing it on there. Keep going. Keep going. Yep. Keep on going. Yep. You're strong. There you go. Thank you. Right. Close that one up for me too, please. Thank you, man. Love you. Uh, uh, Parker and I were wrestling last night until I actually poked him in the eye. He's got a red eye. Uh, <laughs> this is true story. We were wrestling and uh, I won. 
because uh, I poked him in the eye. <laughs> He's getting strong now. I'm like, I don't care. I'll go get him on you. I'm like biting his ear like Mike Tyson. So, which leads me to the gloves. The, uh, we are saying, you're welcome. Come to the house. Come to the Father's house. Come on, you're welcome. And folks show up online and in person every week with these on. You'll come. But you ready. Like you're on guard. Waiting for somebody to give you a side eye. Waiting for somebody to walk past you. Waiting for somebody to judge you. Waiting for somebody to disrespect you. Waiting for the preacher. Waiting for them to talk about money. Come on, I know. Come on. I, I. Don't look at me like that. I know. I know. Waiting wait for the church to do this or that. Or, oh, they, they're just about themselves. Or look how flat. You, you got your guards up. Got your guards up. And there are churches that, oh, man, there's some... There's some <laughs> There's some jacked up places in the world, okay? Uh, and God continues to bless. Uh, but uh, anyway, you come and you're like, bring it, church people. And we're like, we love you. You're like, oh, yeah? I don't know you like that. I don't know you like that. Don't hug me. Don't hug me. These are great for fighting. Man, these are not great for home. These aren't great for home. You can't eat with these. You, you can't make a bed with these. These are great for fighting. They're not great for connecting. I just wonder, I just wonder. Help me out here, P. Please. I just wonder if we can, uh, if we can get these gloves off a little bit. If we can get some of this anxiety off of us a little bit, we can begin to say, all right, God, I, I'll trust you Whew, and your body. There's some things, uh, there's some things that you learn in a healthy home. I mean, let, me, let me go through some of these uh, real quick. When you remain in a healthy home, there's some things you, you, you get in a healthy home. In a healthy home, not some of us grew up in unhealthy homes, I recognize that, but in a healthy home, it's where you discover your identity. It is. In, in a healthy home, you discover, like, this is who I am. Like with parents that speak life and, and speak hope and challenge and encourage you, you understand, like, oh, this, this is who I am. In, in, a, in a healthy home, it's actually where you rest. You just, you're able to rest. You don't have to perform for someone's love. You get recharged, rejuvenated. It's, it's in, a, in a healthy home, in a healthy home where you find forgiveness and truth. In a healthy home. Not guilt and shame, but forgiveness and truth. In a healthy home is where you find accountability and encouragement. Those of you who are 
Maybe you're about to get married. This is some stuff that you can in, insert into your relationship. Those of you who are dating, uh, you want to talk to your boyfriend or girlfriend. I, I want a house that feels like this. But we have, we have in our day and age, we have, a, dare I say, pushed aside the body, pushed aside the gathering. Pushed aside the remaining. And we're just thinking, I'll, I'll do this thing all on my own. And it wasn't good for Adam. And it's not good for me. And it's not good for you. You being connected to the body, though, doesn't have anything to do with God's love for you, just so you know. It's unconditional. You can't mess with that. You being connected to the body has nothing to do with your salvation. Actually, again, all that happens in Jesus. We're talking now about your spiritual health. I'm talking now about your spiritual development. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, uh, it says, um, I, I can do whatever I want, you say. I can go my own way, do my own thing. I have the right to do anything. You say, yes, yeah, true, but not everything's beneficial. I can do, I can decide how I want to do this thing. Just because you can decide it doesn't mean you ought to decide it. There's some things that are, that are permissible, but it's not best for your soul. And, and honestly, I was feeling like some of us, some of us are feeling, uh, how, how, how would I put this, uh, politely and, and, and kindly, uh, if you are, if you're a, you've ever watched on the news, on TV, and you see the number of kids in our society that are displaced, they don't have a home. Sometimes these kids, not all, sometimes these kids live with a suitcase packed. Like they're in the house, but they're not settled in the house. And because they're used to being taken from home to home to home to home, they, they will be in a place where they are loved unconditionally, but thinking that they're going to be taken away at any point in time. I, I want to ask you to unpack your suitcase. I want to ask you to, to stop thinking someone's about to kick you out. I want you to stop waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm going to ask for you to remain. I'm going to ask you to remain. This is why we talk about connect groups and growth track and all of these different things, because we're looking for a people that will, that will remain. And churches look a whole lot of different ways all over the world. you got house churches. you got big churches. you got small churches. You got, I mean, there's all types of different churches. It doesn't have to look how ours looks, but you need community. You need, you need people. 
it's not good that any of us are alone. And this whole thing that God has put together, this whole thing called church, it's for God, it's for his glory for sure, but it's also for us to get the, the help and the community and the strength that we need. But it's also not just for God and for us. It's also for our neighbors. It's also for the lost. It's also for people to be able to touch the body and to know, hey, I was hurt before, but look, I'm healed. I, I was messed up, but look how God has carried me. Yes, I, I was in a pit, but God pulled me out. Yes, I made so many mistakes. Matter of fact, I made more mistakes than you, but God, in his grace and his mercy, he redeemed me and he put me on a firm foundation. He can do the same thing in your life. You don't have to run from God. You can be home too. I'll say it like this and I'll be quiet. Um, we need your life. We need your body to spread his love. Because you'll be the only Jesus some people will ever meet. I won't have the opportunity to meet them. Maybe the person on your right or left won't get the chance to meet them. But they can meet Jesus in you. I'm home now. I'm home now. I'm home now. If you don't mind, bow your head for just a moment. Antigua, North. White Rock Friends Online. Father, I pray that you'd break off the anxiety and the fear. I pray that you'd break off the, the angst, the depression. I pray that you would help us to rest in you. Souls that are tied up, knotted up, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would begin to untie. And in our guts, in our souls, we'd experience your peace. If you're under the sound of my voice right now, as your heads are bowed and you've never made Jesus Christ first in your life, you never made him number one. You've never said, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my life. Or at one point in time you did. You said, Jesus, I want you to be first. I want you to be number one. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to be my savior. I want you to be my guide. I want you to be my everything. But you slipped away. You've gone another direction. You're, if you're honest with yourself right now, you would say you're in the driver's seat of your life and Christ is not. If that's you here, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, or at one point in time you did, and you slipped away, or you're online, and right now you're hearing this message, and you're like, oh my goodness, it is time for me to come back home, and it's time for me to give my heart and my life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something simple, but something bold. I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. If that's you, just go ahead and put your hand in the air right now. You say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to make him first. I want to make him number one. We've got friends all over in this room, I'm sure friends online right now saying, yes, I want to give Jesus my heart. I want to give him my life. I want to make him first. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power 
to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we lift our heads and clap our hands with enthusiasm?